How y'all doing? All right. It's good to see all of you. I'm glad, glad that you made it to church this, this morning. And what a great time to worship and praise God. And we've got more of that coming up. If you're visiting with us for the first time, just want you to know a little bit about us. We are an imperfect church. And the great thing about it is that we have a God who furiously loves us. If you don't believe in God, you are in a safe place to be. Because that's okay right now. And just pray this prayer. Say, God, if you're there, speak to me this morning about what this life is all about. Because it's tough, isn't it? This life is tough. And this morning, we're going to uh, have a different kind of message. I want to invite you, if you've got a pew Bible there, you might want to look on page 1121. If you've got just your own Bible, um, you can look at 2 Corinthians uh, 5, uh, 6 through 10. Uh, there are so many people who are living uh, for today, and what I want to challenge you to do today is to start living for the day. Read this. Now, he's writing this to Christians, okay? He's not writing this to unbelievers. He's writing this letter to the church at Corinth, and he says this, Therefore, we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. We live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. Now watch this, uh, verse 10. It says, for we must all appear before the judgment seat. If you have your own personal Bible, you might want to circle the word judgment seat. The judgment seat of Christ that each may receive what is due him for what he has done while in the body, whether good or bad. What Paul is talking about in the original Greek is the bema seat of Christ. There's the great white throne of judgment that those who do not know Jesus will have to stand before God and give account for their lives. For us, we have a big brother named Jesus, and Jesus is so connected with God that we are given a covering over us so that we're not judged for our sins. But listen what he says about the Bema seat. He says, uh, his work will be shown for what it is because the day, now is that lowercase or capitalized? Capitalized. The day will bring it to light. And again, that's the, the, the day. Living not for today, but the day. It will be revealed with fire, and the fire will test the quality of each man's work. If it is burned up, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved. In other words, he, he's, he's a believer, so he's saved, but only as one who is escaping through the flames. Get into heaven with a little burn smell on you there. Uh, let's go to the Lord in prayer, and then after this, I want to invite you into an experience more than a sermon uh, but would you pray with me now oh god it is so good to be in your house and and so good to know grace it's so good to know that you love us uh, no matter who we are where we've been or what we've done i thank you that you've come to give us life and to give it in its abundance and Lord, as we experience this based on this uh, book called The Bema, God, I, I pray that we will step into uh, the life of this Mr. Matthewson, Daniel Matthewson. 
And God, I pray that we will take a look at his life. And Father, that somehow it will communicate to each one of us wherever we are, uh, whether we've walked with you for 30 years or whether we haven't taken the first step towards you. God, I pray that it'll speak to us. We love you and we thank you for the chance that we have to come to you because of what you've offered us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Ah, I tell you, this has been an incredible day. No, no, wait, wait. Not just an incredible day. I would say this was the most incredible day in the life of the universe. <laughs> and it is so amazing. I tell you what, let me just tell you what happened today. Okay, first of all, I'm working on, I'm landing this huge account at my firm. In fact, the boss says that if I land this account, I'm going to be made a partner, which I've been waiting for all through my 40s. If I could just be a partner in this firm, it would be so wonderful. And I'm about to land this huge account, and my boss is going to be so pleased. So I've got three administrative assistants, and I get there at, let's say, three 30 in the morning. This could be a very important day. And I, I, I get to the office and, you know, I get there before the doors are even open. I run into Jimmy J. <laughs> Hello, Jimmy J. He's our custodian. Good morning, Mr. Matthewson. How are you doing? Present your bodies today as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is okay. I'll try to do that, Jay. Okay. Well, Jimmy is just a little crazy. Uh, as, I, as I get into the door and I punch the 20th floor downtown Nashville and the door opens up and he's right behind me and he goes, don't forget, Jesus loves you and there is no temptation which is common to man that, and the door closes and I go, my goodness. I get to my office and I sit down and I start working and then uh, about a couple hours later then all of the other people who are helping me with this thing and we get it going and it's just beautiful and I get to set it on the desk at one o'clock in the afternoon and it is just going to blow my boss's mind. I might even have my last name on the building. Who knows? Well, anyway, I tell you, I just start to feel hunger pains because I didn't eat breakfast. I skipped breakfast. Well, I've been skipping a lot these days. I've been skipping out on my kids' ball games because of this account. I want to provide for them, you know, and I've been skipping out on dates with my wife, and I've been skipping out on my quiet time that I was supposed to have back a long, long time ago, and I've kind of let that slip. I've, I, I just have skipped a lot because I'm a very, very busy man. So I get in the car and I'm going to just go to Taco Bell. And so I'm driving down the road in this car as, as fast as I can because I want to get there, get the food, get back up there and phew, look around and everything has changed. I'm standing on my feet. The car is nowhere to be found and I'm looking around at the most incredible scene I have ever experienced. It's kind of like whenever you go from black and white television to color television, that extreme change happened for me. And I saw people everywhere and they were celebrating and they were dancing and they were, they were worshiping. And, and all of a sudden I said, where am I? What is going on? And then it just, I now understand. Jesus came. <laughs> and here I am. Oh, I look and I, I see people I haven't seen in years and I hug their necks and I'm just so excited about this and, and, and I, I walk up to some and I ask some questions and it's just a really exhausting time. And finally, I just have to get away 
and have a seat because it's just too much. So I kind of sit down on this golden rock. <laughs> we have a lot of these in this place. <laughs> and I just need to get away. And then all of a sudden, have you ever had that feeling like you felt like somebody was watching you or was around where you were? That's the kind of feeling I had, but I didn't see anybody. And I said, is there anybody here? What's going on? And then I turn around and I look up and I go, who are you? <laughs> I mean, this dude is like 15 feet tall. I mean, this guy looked like he could slaughter a thousand dragons in one swoop. And he said, my name is Eutychus and, and I'm your, I'm your uh, angel, you know, I've been around uh, all your life. I saw you take your first step. I saw you graduate from college. and So you're my guardian angel? Well, we, we, we never really call it guardian angel, but let's just say I was assigned to you. Really? And I say, oh, so what, what's going on here? And he said, well, really, what, what I want to do is I want to explain to you a few things about this place called heaven. And I'm thinking, boy, I would love to learn everything there is to know about this place. Everything's different. Uh, let's say, for instance, your sight. Okay? Now, do you see that tree way over there? Yeah, looks like an apple tree. I can't really tell. No, not that one, the one a mile away. I could see that one. I, he said, now, with your eyesight, zoom right up to the fruit. Zoom. And I was right there. It was like a close-up on this fruit. Zoom. I zoomed back. It's incredible. Boy, if I had that when I was hunting back on earth, that would have been great. And he said, also, you know, we can talk and we don't even have to move our mouth. You know, we, we can just share our thoughts with each other. And so we did that back and forth. Had this little dialogue going back. And I said, this is awesome. And he said, you haven't seen anything yet. You know, when you, when you get your glorified body and you're going to get your glorified body, you can do this. And he picked me up under my armpits and, whoa, I went up in the air and everything began to look like ants. I was flying away. I was scared half to death. I can't believe this. And he says, this is what God created the spirit to do. And he sent me back down and I saw these people and they were all uh, heading out to this huge stadium. I mean, it made the new Cowboy Stadium kind of look like a playpen. I mean, this thing was gigantic. And he picked me up again, and he flew me straight into the middle of this stadium. And I'm talking about millions and millions of people all through the club seating and down on the floor and in the other grandstands. And then way up top, I saw these angelic beings. It was the most incredible scene I've ever experienced and he said I can't stay here with you but I'm going to be up in the grandstands and if you have any questions you know just think your thoughts and I'll I'll try to help you out that's great well what are we doing here he said oh this is the judgment all of a sudden I had this tingling sensation that kind of started out in my toenails and went all the way up to the foticles of my hair judgment Wait, hold on one second. I thought that we get to skip that because I'm a believer, right? I accepted Jesus when I was seven years old in vacation Bible school. He said, oh, no, no, this isn't the great white throne of judgment. This is the Bema seat. Hasn't anybody ever talked to you about the Bema seat? I said, no, I don't think so. Well, well it's clearly in Scripture. Now, this is a time of reward where you're going to be called into account the things that you did in this life for God's kingdom, for people. Because you know what? Here in heaven, people are the main priority. 
Not how much money you made down there, that's just all pavement. It's what you did for people. And so there's going to be a time that we're all going to celebrate. And, and it's going to seem like a very short time, but it's going to take a long time. What I say to you is that this will be the most exciting experience, and you will just want it to go on and on. It's a little nerve-wracking when your name is called, but have no fear. We serve a just and grace-filled God. And so there I was in this stadium, and I, I, I sat down in this stadium. There was a place for me, and I, I looked over, and this man says to me, Hello, who are you? I said, My name is... Uh, Daniel Scott Matthewson. And he said, oh, so when and where are you from? I thought that was kind of weird. When and where are you from? <laughs> Never had that question asked. Well, I was here when the rapture happened, 2010. Oh, that must have been so exciting. I said, yeah, it really was. I kind of feel like I missed it, though. And I said, well, where and when are you from? And he said, oh, I'm from the 17th century in Japan. I didn't even know there were any Christians back. Oh, yes. Back when the ships brought spices and jewels out of japan they also brought missionaries and i heard the gospel and and i received jesus as my lord ah oh, it just finally made sense to me that this world is not about laws but it's about a savior and so i became a christian and the samurai came through our village a friend of mine and i we would not bow down to their gods and we said we believe in jesus and they, uh, they nailed us to this cross. Die like your Savior, they said. Oh, it was an amazing experience because we got to sing hymns together as we suffered for our Savior as he suffered. I, I bowed my head. I, I said, I didn't have to suffer like that. And he says, don't let that make you sad or ashamed. It's a blessing that you did not have to suffer. And then all of a sudden, that moment, the crowd began to uh, come to a hush as an archangel came. And he said these words, all the saints of God's creation from all the centuries of the world, welcome. And now I want to introduce you to the bread of life, the bright and morning star, the one true savior of humanity the one who shed his blood on calvary the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end jesus christ and the sound of the saints as they rejoiced screaming at the top of their lungs as jesus came forward not as some suffering servant but as jesus the conqueror he came held his hands out and the crowd drew to a hush. And Jesus said, I am so glad to have this moment. I have been waiting and preparing for this moment for a lifetime. For my beloved, the church, to come together so that you can meet each other. And so that I can see you and you could see me face to face. To understand that this was not some sort of myth. That it was real. You have come to the judgment seat of Christ where you'll be rewarded. You'll be rewarded for three things. You'll be rewarded for your priorities during the time that you lived on this earth. And you will also be rewarded 
for the stewardship, what you did with what you were given. Some of you lived in incredible poverty, and some of you lived in the lap of luxury. And then lastly, you'll be judged on your motives. But before that, at that moment, the gates opened and God does not come as a figure of man. No, God is spirit. And all of a sudden, I don't know how to explain it. I understood why John had so much trouble explaining with great confusion what this was all about. There were colors. These colors just tumbled forth off the throne. Angels and cherubim surrounding the throne. And there we saw the one who had created us. God of the universe. The one who loved us with that furious love. We fell face down. It was unbelievable. I, I, I couldn't hardly bear to look at him. He was so beautiful and, and yet so full of love. And one by one, we all began to stand and to sing. we worshiped I just I just stood there and I looked around me and I thought to myself if I had my life to live over again I would have worshiped differently I wouldn't have looked to the right or to the left if I would have known what it looked like to see the one that made everything from the smallest atom to the largest star in all his glory I would have worshipped him differently. After we sang and fell to our knees, we, we heard the sound of an archangel who came up, must have been 20 feet tall. And he took that staff and he pronounced the beginning of the judgment. Jesus said, today I come to commend you, my bride, my church. You will have an opportunity to receive a crown, a crown of glory for those who followed in the footsteps of the great teachers and discipled people who didn't know. A crown of righteousness for those who were obedient, even in times of temptation, that they were obedient. The crown of life for those who shed their blood for my beloved bride and the crown of faith for those who went through tremendous pain, disability, disease, hardship, and sorrow. And then the first pronouncement of the archangel. Timulus grew up in the third century during the, the real crest of all the tumult that was going on in the Roman Empire. And in this part of of Italy, he grew up in a town that hated Christianity. And yet he chose to follow Jesus. He learned Greek and he, he began to study. And he loved Jesus with all of his heart. One day they dragged him out of his province. And they beat him. They broke bones in his arms. And to them torture was a work of art. 
They scraped the skin off of him, tied him to a post as the wild beasts came to devour him. And as they came, he held his hands up and he said, My name is Timulus. I am a follower of Christ. Jesus said, I am so proud of you, Timless. Well done. Well done. Timless got all four crowns. The crown of life. The crown of faith. He got the crown of glory and the crown of righteousness. And then Jesus said, Timless, be glorified. Timless glowed like the northern star and he flew off into the rafters of heaven. And the crowd erupted in applause for Timulus. And then the archangel pronounced again. Angela Mosier. Angela Mosier. Well, that sounds like a name that maybe I had a chance of knowing. The angel's thoughts peered back to me and said, well, Angela was, wasn't a famous person in history, he said, because Angela, well, she sacrificed her, her career, her chance of being married because her sister was an invalid and her mother was ill and she decided to stay and take care of them. And she decided to devote her life to prayer. Angela spent hours on her knees praying for a church, praying for her pastor, praying for those people who were out there just on the edge, giving life to those who had no hope. And she prayed and, and the angels just erupted in applause because they were very familiar with Angela. And Jesus did something I hadn't seen him do yet. He jumped off the stage and he wrapped his arms around her and he said, Oh, my beloved daughter, I am so proud of you. Oh, how I love you. Thank you. Your prayers move mountains. Receive your glorified body. And then she flew off into the rafters, praising God for her opportunity to be a part of this great thing called the church. And after the applause subsided, we heard the archangel pronounce again. William Carey. Now, William Carey, I think I've heard, I think I have a friend who went to William Carey College, but I don't really know very much about William Carey. Oh, Daniel, you should have known William Carey. You see, William was just a poor shoemaker when all of a sudden God just began to move in his life and he started thinking about people he had never even met before in India and Asia. And he wanted to be a part of a movement to share Jesus with these people. And he's actually, it's like the father of the modern missionary movement. Jesus walked down to William and he turned William around to face the congregation of angels and saints. And he said, 
I would like all those who indirectly or directly are here because of the work of William Carey, would you please stand? And then millions upon millions of people stood. And Jesus said, well done, William. Well done. Jesus pulled him back up and said, William, Carey, I am so proud of you. Well done. Receive your glorified body. And William almost danced back to his place. Oh, there must have been a thousand people who came through, but it just seemed like just a few minutes. And there was one unusual time uh, when the archangel pronounced once more. James Ray Robinson. James walked up, and Jesus said, many of you don't know James. Uh, he was illiterate until in the ninth grade whenever he used the Bible to learn how to read, and he decided that he would take his life and he would just memorize portions of Scripture. And he had like over a third of the Bible memorized, and he would use it every day he made a commitment that he would share some bit of God's word with the people he was around. And I was thinking, James, Jimmy J? You mean our custodian? That's him? I started thinking, if I had my life to live over, I'd live my life like the custodian and not like me. Jesus said, well done, well done, James. You were so faithful. You were given so little and you did so much. And all across the congregation, people whom he had affected stood up for him. And James just fell to his knees under the weight of the fact that God had used him as a vessel. And Jesus said, James, receive the body, your glorified body. James flew off. <laughs> it was an amazing day. All the time my heart was just beating 90 to nothing. waited and I waited. It was like three quarters of the congregation had already been recognized. Daniel Scott Matthewson. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. And Jesus, he spoke to each one of them in a voice as he was speaking to them the only they could hear. He said to me, Daniel, I loved you with all my heart, but when I look at your life, I, I look what you did. There's just not very much there. 
took me through some tours of my life. And I saw that time in the third grade when somebody asked me to be a part of a basketball pickup game and my best friend was there and I said, well, can the both of us play? And they said, no, we don't like him. He's black. But come on and play with us. But I wanted so much to please people that I refused to believe and to please my Savior. I remember a time in college and I still had this same people-pleasing attitude. There's this friend of mine and we were going to room together in college all four years. But a fraternity came calling and they had their eyes on me, but they didn't have their eyes on Larry, my friend. And so I decided not to room with my best friend and to join a fraternity. I'm not saying all fraternities are bad. (laughs) But once I got into the college scene, I mean, (laughs) it was like my life kind of revolved around girls and whatever I could get my hands on to party with. And I I mean, I'm talking about taking advantage of girls. I'm talking about a lifestyle that was just party all the time. And then I met Christy. And Christy was this girl who, there was something innocent about her. We got to be friends and pretty soon we got kind of close. But instead of Christy, this innocent believer bringing me up, I actually brought her down. We crossed boundaries that we knew we shouldn't have. Then it just broke off. Then my guardian angel said, you see, at that point, she left you and she felt empty. I said, what happened to her? What happened to Christy? Well, she was married three times. Two of those men abused her. One of them just left her. I said, why are you doing this to me? Are you saying this is my fault? He said, no, it's not your fault. Everybody is responsible for their own stuff. But it started with me. Yeah, it kind of did. Think about that time that I had this wonderful job in my 30s. and I was working for this guy who was in my Sunday school class. And I eventually went back because I was going to have kids. And so I wanted my kids to have church. And so I went back to church. And this guy that was in my Sunday school class invited me to start working with him. And I had landed several great accounts. And then the guy who was on the cover of the Nashville scene. I mean, this businessman, like he wouldn't believe. He said, hey, Daniel, why don't you come work with me? I thought, man, this is great. Yes, sir, I'll work with you. And then three weeks later, he was saying, I want those accounts that you had over there. And my brother, who was a part of our church, this Christian man, ended up shutting his door because I was selfish enough to want more and more and more 
Jesus said, I love you. You left your first love. And then with the the kindest voice I could ever imagine, Jesus said this. He said, but your first love, it didn't leave you. I fell to my knees. Oh, God. If I could just go back. (laughs) If I could just go back and do it over again. It's like I didn't even believe that this day would actually come. If I could just go back. I would have prayed more. Just to know that a janitor would pray more for my kids than their father. Oh, if I could just go back. And Jesus spoke in a word that everyone could hear. Daniel Scott Matthewson, receive your glorified body. I went back to my seat. At that moment, I just want to tell you one other thing, just something I'll never forget. I sat back down next to Endiri, the, the Japanese man. And as we all stood there, well, he flew up directly to the throne with his crowns and he laid them at his feet. Then thousands upon thousands laying their crowns at Jesus' feet. And I reached up to my head and I didn't have anything to lay at his feet. Oh, but if I could go. I can only go back. Would you pray with me? Father, I pray that we will live for the day and not today. Lord, that we will surrender everything that we have, our time, our treasures, our talents, Lord, begin to look at our motives. Help us to remember. God, help us to remember what you brought us here for. To live for the day. Lord, we look forward to the day when we can look you straight in the eyes. Father, I believe it with all my heart that that day is so near. And Lord, I pray that in all of our energy and all of our time, that we'll seek a treasure that cannot be burned up with hay and stubble, but that can be the kind of thing that would bring you glory and honor and that will be there for eternity. Lord, change our hearts. Change our lives. In Christ's name, amen.